You're listening to The Real Short Box, a comic book podcast made for geeks by geeks. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We are The Real Short Box. My name is Donald. I'm here with Kevin, Chris, and one very special guest, Mr. Seth Diggs. Seth, thank you for joining us, sir. Mr. Diggs. What's up, guys? How's it going? Mr. Kevin, Diggs. Kevin's you got a too cool excited. Name, sir. You got a cool name, sir. Are you digging I like, it? I am all the time. I dig yeah. things. <laughs> oh, you got the dig you have the diggiest of names, sir. Yeah, yeah. Seth Diggs. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to dig your way out of this podcast. I feel like it's coming. Yeah. It definitely is. It definitely is. And the reason why I feel like you need to dig your way out of something is because we're talking. What, what's the what's the topic here, Kevin? What is it? You know, these days people are complaining, not everybody, but some people are complaining that movies and TV shows are too woke. Oh, man, I've got so much to say on this one. So much to say. I'm tired of women. Wait, what? No. What did you say? Huh? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Obviously. And our view count just went down to like. Two. Zero. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me explain this. Let me explain this. There's this toxicity that's uh, arised or arisen in the, specifically, in my opinion, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. I think it's Disney um, in general, but yeah. And I think that a lot of that has to do with uh, Brie Larson, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Her performance as that character was so, uh, unfortunately, it was wooden and very stoic and very uh, unemotional in the first film and the uh, several Avengers films that came after that people felt that most of the female characters were portrayed in a very negative light and therefore not somebody in other words she wasn't somebody you would want to get beers with after you save the world you know everybody would rather go with wolverine or captain america or iron man uh, although i'd watch iron man he probably tends to have a little too much i, I would think based upon his comic book world uh, experience but a lot of people felt that the the female characters in the mcu were were done in a negative way Create and it created some type of weird, uh, perfect storm of toxicity, particularly I would say male toxicity, uh, that made female characters in the MCU unappealing to the point where even She Hulk, before she even came out, people were talking shit about the character. And then once it landed, immediately people hated it. And it was, it's just, well, to be fair, they did have her, uh, Dancing a jig in an office. Yeah, but that was uh, like three or four episodes in, right? Yeah. I mean, people hated it well before yeah. that, I would say. It got canceled. Basically, yeah. So so there's yeah, this it got uh, pre-canceled. Yeah. There's this wokeness that that I would say that like it, it's tough because I guess it's 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 a double-edged sword, is what you could call it, really. Um you could want more definitely want more diversity within a world within characterization but then at one point and i'm going to play devil's advocate here at one point you have to ask yourself does the essence of the character is that enough or do you need the facade as well 
do you need the exact look of said character in order to retain uh, some form of, I don't know, uh, communication with the with the fans? Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, it does. I don't know if you always need the facade to match what you see in comic books. I mean, movies in 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 essence are the suspension of reality, right? So why can't we just suspend a little bit more, especially when we're talking about like a new age mythos, you know, you're, you're talking about a whole new system of ideas and thoughts and, and stories that are being uh, contrived just for the enjoyment of people, the readers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and then consequently the viewers of movies and stuff. So like, no, you don't always have to have the the same facade that you see in in movies. I feel like um, it, it happens all the time. Uh, for for all the DC fans out there, I know we said MCU, but DC fans, uh, Barry, uh, the Flash, he's changed up, you know, quite a bit from his original concept to the the Arrowverse uh, flash to the actual cinematic flash. Mm-hmm. Right? So the, the outside packaging doesn't always have to match what the original concept is. Same thing with um, uh, Starfire. Original concept, Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go, uh, then uh, DC's Titans. Look, you know, look, okay. Blue Beetle. I, I need my, my, my Starfire to be orange. I'm sorry. It's just what the way it is. I just feel like <laughs> there, there's, there's that part, but then there's also like, okay, she, she could also just have red hair, and we could be satisfied with that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it could be okay. It could be okay. I, I don't think there's an issue too much with changing gender or changing race. The problem I have, I feel with, especially with Disney in general, more than most uh, studios, is. They're literally pandering and having, I feel like there is a, um, like they're actually doing it on purpose. Like everything has to have, click these boxes. Like it has to have this, it has to have this, it has to have this. Like, and you see it more and more and more, like everything has to have somebody of color, somebody like a woman in power, uh, uh, homosexual, stuff like that. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, and, and they're doing it for no good reason. If there's a good reason for it, then yes, it's like the actor's the best actor or fits the character or something like that. But just a lot of these movies are just doing it to click boxes. And that's the issue I feel that they have right now at Disney. So you think that, um, let's say, for example, there's a television series and they have a, a gay male as the best friend. And you're like, that doesn't work for me. The best friend needs to be a female that's gay or a female that's straight no and if in it's which race, case, how how does that how does that equate in your mind is what i want to know like where where give me an example where this took place and then i can maybe place it a little better in my head um well like it's like, like if it's the character's written that way that's one thing i'm saying there's like they will put in small characters just to tick that box like i feel like doctor who did it Okay, uh, you're talking about special one that came out recently uh, yes. with David Tennant, correct? Yes. And in which case, 
uh, they created a companion character named Rose, just like David Tennant had in the original 10th Doctor run. Um, but in the 14th Doctor run, Rose happens to be Donna's, um, I'm doing air quotations, daughter. In which case, uh, his, uh, Donna's daughter is a trans woman that um, is uh, from a marriage of Donna with a gentleman. And they had a daughter. Um, that's trans and I get that to a point. Um, I don't, I don't have a problem so much with, with the fact that the, that the daughter is trans. My issue issue was the storytelling of it is they said, Oh, well, we're non, it created, it created a split between the two people. So we're no longer binary. We're non-binary. They literally wrote an explanation of how they saved the world based upon the fact that her daughter was non-binary. Yeah, and that's and what it, I mean by and it created this this non-bi they they created the definition of the saving as the character of who that character was. And I thought that was a bit odd. Um, and that did throw me. Uh, yeah. But the the rest of the the special was fantastic. I thought it was really well done, but that absolutely did throw me. I will agree there. Yeah, it didn't make sense. It didn't need to be there. It, it felt like it was just them checking boxes. I know that wasn't really Disney, even though Disney owns it, and it was still a BBC show. In fact, Disney was. Does Disney pissed. own Doctor Who now? They do. Yes. What? Yeah. When did this happen? That's how it looks better. They got a bigger budget now because they got Disney budget. Why the TARDIS is bigger now? Um. I don't like it. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's just like I don't have any issue with sexuality or being binary or non-binary. The issue is if it feels like it's checking boxes right. to me. In fact, if you will ask Chris to dress as a woman, she he will do it any any time you ask, any day of the week. <laughs> any best, day of the I week. love doing it when I'm actually have my full beard. That's the best. <laughs> And for, for those of you that don't know, we did a we we did do a web series called the Blue Beetle Ted Cord Returns, and in it, Chris played a character called Doctor Hypnovert, and he pissed me off. I think it was in season one, and I said, "If you piss me off again, Chris, I'm gonna write you in uh, as a woman," and he did, and I did, and then he became Hypnotica, aka the uh, the female version or uh, of of Doctor Hypnovert. And I didn't complain once. I loved it. It was so much fun. <laughs> you that, that dress because is comfortable. We, we found a very comfortable dress. It's true. Like we went out and found you something that worked, and baby, you worked it. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's true. I mean, like South Park did an episode, uh, like a special TV special movie called "The Pan Into the Pandaverse," where literally they call out Kathleen Turner. Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy's Kathleen Turner. Uh, she's <laughs> a different situation. Uh, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. Um, for all the pandering that she's doing with Disney, like, and they literally like do all these different multiverses, and they go into a multiverse where the the boys are replaced by teenage girls, and Eric Cartman, uh, the most racist of all, is is a young African American woman. <laughs> that's kind of drive Eric Cartman nuts. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is and it's and they like they call out, it's, but that's the thing. So it's like so it, like the, uh, there's certain parts that they'll just like 
it's not like something is written or something is happening and they'll change something just just because they have to have these box checked, not because it was the right thing to do, like this actor. Like so many times, like you have this actor who's in because of their skin color, which I hate saying this, but they're a terrible actor. I'm like, oh, I see. They got in because they were checking boxes, stuff like so, that. So we have an inclusionary thing is what you're saying. Yes. And um, not to uh, call anybody out, but uh, Kevin and Seth, for example, uh, you two gentlemen have a uh, a different a different tone to your skin than than Chris and I do. So you perhaps have a different perspective in this. And I would like to know, uh, particularly growing up, like you guys watched probably similar things like uh, maybe Thundercats, uh, He-Man, uh, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. Watching those kinds of things, those types of cartoons, uh, Saved by the Bell, stuff like that. Did you feel a little left out or did you think that maybe um, other things could have been included in there? Or did you feel um, like really it didn't matter? Like just and I'm just talking about that. And then well, when when you mentioned that, if you want to go further into how you feel about now, that is fine, too. Well, you mentioned Thundercats. I kind of knew yeah. that Panther. I kind of knew Panther was was a brother. <laughs> High five, absolutely. And, and the fact that he was like the smartest of the Thundercats, he was like the engine, the engineer, the architect. You know, he built Cat's Lair, the the Thunder Tank. I mean, shoot, Panther gave so gave us so much pride. Would you agree, Seth? Absolutely. And I think it was also done kind of a uh, tongue in cheek that he was a Panther. Mm-hmm. And- you know, you learned later. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh wait, he actually is black. Uh, black pan. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that I did not make that connection. Panther, by the way, was my favorite character too when, when growing up, uh, particularly because he had the uh, what was it, the uh, the mo- the Catmobile or yeah, whatever called it, the Thunder King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking crushed it. And he had the nunchucks. Yep. Like before shot, Michelangelo made it cool, he made it yep. cool. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, I like Tigra. Uh, you would. You mean Chitara? <laughs> the girl Chitara? <laughs> the no, wasn't there a tiger guy named Tiger? Oh, yeah, Tiger. Yeah, yeah had there a, was he Tiger. And the bullet whip. Yeah, yeah, I liked him. Yeah, he was cool. I guess. The character I, I found the most annoying was Snarf. Snarf, Snarf. Oh. Snarf. <laughs> and there we have it. No, uh, but, <laughs> but to answer the question a little bit more, like, <clears throat> That was a prime example of not really caring, but knowing that the that there was some representation there. Um, across other things, I was a kid. I was watching cartoons. I didn't know about this stuff. I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody was blue, orange, some fantastical color, mm-hmm. and really didn't look like me anyway. Or they were in space, or they were underwater. Or they're I mean, Care Bears. Or they were Care Bears, right. Mm-hmm. Or they were Silverhawks, you know. And so, like, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. They're flying through space. And they've got the Monstars and Moonstars and All-Stars or whatever. The, whatever Monstar, the- you're right. You called it. Um, and I was like, that's what I'm here for. That's what I want to see. It didn't really become, like, apparent to me until maybe the X-Men cartoon on Fox. And I was like, Storm. Yeah, Storm. I get you, Storm. I see your your strife. I see your trauma. I see all the, and I get it. 
Um, but to the earlier bit about like companies, corporations, large, large production houses, checking boxes, it's definite. It, it definitely happens. And it's never something that you want to take credit from the performers or the actors about. It's always production. That's where it lives. The actors could do whatever. They can do a bunch of things. I believe in their versatility, no matter who they are. But when they're cast in a role that could go anywhere, anywhere, anyhow, do we need to rely on non-traditional casting all the time? I don't know. Am I a proponent for it? Yes. Because I think it's really cool to see different people do different things and um, be cast in places where they wouldn't ordinarily be cast. So does it matter to me now more than it did when I was a kid? Sure does. It sure does. Because it gives kids now something and someone else to look at that might look more like them someone that they might relate to a little bit more and might inspire them to go down a different path or into a different career. So it's actually kind of important more so now than I I think before. Plus, you know, one thing you have to understand the term woke too is, is kind of also misinterpreted. The original interpretation was just simply being aware and knowing what's going on in the community. You know, that was it. It's become a negative connotation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that sometimes people will take terminology uh, in and warp it to their thought process, and then it catches on and it becomes something. Um, okay, so this is going to be a little controversial, but let's talk the the swastika. Right. The swastika was originally not intended to have any type of evil connotations behind it. It was, was it was Indian, so. right? That there was nothing there until Adolf and the Nazi Party got a hold of the idea of the swastika and thought, "Let's warp this to our own thought process, our own feelings, and, and our own agenda." And then it became something more evil, something yeah. something triggering, yeah, to people, many many people, and so much so right now that if you drew that on anything, mm-hmm. you're part of that now. Yep. Like you're part of that evil. You're part of that uh, that misalignment. If, and if you, did, you name your kid Adolf, <laughs> that's good. Even if you, oh my God, yes. If you if you name a child Adolf or like that, anything like that, it's it's just terrible. And in fact, I just went to Germany uh, last year. 2022 and interestingly enough like it is still there's still so much adolf hitler there as far as like you have the ghost of hitler you have this kind of over your shoulder all the time no matter where you're going or where you're looking in germany there's this thought and and there's so much sorrow and apologeticness, if that's even a term, uh, from the German people of what took place prior, because nobody there is really al- alive anymore to have known the full process or to understand it. They're all, you know, we're children or very young, those that are still alive, and then the rest of them never even existed. So it's like 
I'm sorry for what happened in my country, but I'm not part of that. And I, and, but I want you to know, I understand what went down and I feel bad for it, but I can't do anything to change the past. I can only look forward. And I think that as a people is what we need to look at, whether it be in, in general and political speaking or in film and television, we can't so much apologize over and over for the past and and think that this is going to come across we need to look forward in how we can change what happened in the past and how we can move past that and the wokeness wokeness and i'm using air quotations i think should be a part of the fact that not necessarily and like kevin was saying not necessarily in a negative connotation but like in a positive force of of being awakened. And I think maybe we ought to change that from woke to awakened. We have awakened from being woke. We have awakened from being pigeonholed. Uh, we have been awakened from from being marginalized. And we are looking towards how we can balance that. We don't want the the dark side. We don't want the force. We want the gray. You know, we went in between. We want that balance that shows that we understand both sides of the force, so to speak. And and I think Kevin can get behind this in a little way. Yes, yes. My Master Yoda would be very pleased with what you just said. (laughs) I think think you're right. Like, I think woke became a very negative connotation when cancel culture got a hold of it and turned it into their agenda, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I agree. If we get, you know, take, take the word back and, and make it positive again. Yeah. I think that's, that's a common, common tactic. You know, you take something that's meant for good and then you flip it and weaponize it against the very population that's using it for good. You want to now say, Oh, this thing, this is bad. When it, that was never the case. It was mm-hmm. never the case. You know, it was about, Hey, be present, be aware of things and know, be in the, be in the moment. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where the pivoting comes in, in, in my eyes. I think that it, it will take too long to try to take the word back from somebody that's already taken it from, from you, so to speak. So pivot and go, okay, motherfucker, you, you want to say woke is negative? How about awakened? How about we go with that? Now we're awakened. And you so know, that, and, so that and we'll, right. And we'll continue. Yeah. But, but listen, listen, you piece of shit, yeah. not you, Kevin, but in general, yeah, yeah. we yeah. will evolve. We will move on from that and we'll create a new word, a new terminology. We'll create a new way of being that'll be beyond your bullshit. And we'll keep going no matter how you try to turn it. We're going to keep going. And I think that's the most important thing. I think uh, just to be tongue in cheek, also, we should start using the most absurd words possible to uh, to trigger, you know, this (laughs) this negative flip. Yeah. Yes. They. Well, you know, I remember what was, was, was it like Snoop Dogg. Some of you remember that term, like the shizzle. Oh yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> for shizzle. Yeah, for shizzle, my nizzle. Right, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you're not allowed to say that, Donald. I'm not. Take it. We should take the nizzle. Oh, I didn't know. I can't say the nizzle part. We should put them out in the same way, and then everybody would use that. And then when you hear political pundits on whatever outlets, and they're mm-hmm. using. <laughs> <laughs> from their soapbox. Uh, All right, so right here, right now, let's come up with I, a word. I did this. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, come on, it's a wild term, huh? 
Hmm. All right. Okay. So what? So what are we doing? Are we changing the terminology for woke? We're gonna I'm try feeling, to come up with I'm another word. I'm feeling supple today, Seth. I'm feeling supple today. Supple. That's you know what? Bag, no, no, no. There, there's a collective effervescence. Ah, yes. yes. Very moist. Yeah. There's a collective effervescence. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. Supple and effervescence. Those are the two that we're using <laughs> from now on. <laughs> supple. Uh, how about a supple es- effervescence? A supple effervescence, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be funny to see someone on CNN or MSNBC or Fox use that. It'd be hilarious. How many people on Fox could say those words? Probably not. We're feeling this conversation. There's there's quite a lot of supple effervescence that's taking place right now. And I appreciate you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we got it. Go. Yep. I'm going to write this down. Supple. Well, actually, I already wrote that down. I've been writing that down the whole time. I just... (laughs) I love the word supple. 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 <laughs> Society's gone supple. <laughs> I spelled effervescence wrong, but I don't care. It's it's not about the spelling, it's about the meaning, damn it. There you go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, with that, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh we are the real short box. I'm Donald here with Chris, Kevin. And Seth, thank you all for being a part of this. And I want to thank you guys for listening to us. You can turn into us on, uh, you can turn us on too. On, uh, how about, how about Spotify, Spreaker, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. Basically, you name it, we will be on there. And if we're not on there, reach out to us, let us know, and we will get on that platform for you. So that being said, uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this. And we don't see you out and about anytime soon. Perhaps we'll see you at the flexible, graceful, but always supple comic book shop. So much effervescence in the room. This has been The Real Short Box. We'll see you at the comic shop. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 